you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We are so excited that you joined us for today's message by Senior Pastor Gary Hart from Victory Church in Great Falls, Montana. Our prayer is that today's message will inspire you to join us in changing the world by helping people find and follow Jesus. Now here's Pastor Gary. Well, we are in the final week of our series that we've entitled, What's Next? And uh, we've been on this journey all through the month of July, and our desire all along this journey has just been to help us understand that we were made to make a difference. We were made to make a difference. And we started in week number one with the understanding that personal devotion is the pathway to public performance. Personal devotion is the pathway to public performance. And we simply learned this, that it reminds us that our relationship with God is the most important aspect of our life. Our relationship with God is the most, it starts there. That's where it begins. It begins in our personal relationship with God. And and that's good news today for you. Because you see, God wants to have a relationship with you. Do you understand that? I mean, he so passionately loves you. He's so incredibly crazy about you that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. Jesus shed his blood to pay the price for our sin, was buried, and on the third day he rose again from the dead to make a way so that you could be reconciled to your heavenly father and actually have a relationship with you. God wants to relate to you. And so through prayer, through worship, and through the word of God, we grow and we develop in our relationship with God. And I really hope you're practicing the the first 15, right? That you're taking time every morning, spend five minutes in prayer, five minutes in worship, five minutes in the word. And I got to tell you, when, when I, after I preach this message, I, 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 want, I change my schedule just a little bit. So first thing in the morning when I get here in the office, I come into the sanctuary and I turn on the worship music and I just spend some time just in worship. I spend time just in prayer and then I open up the Word and I just spend time reading and, and feasting on the Word of God. And then I walk through these chairs every morning and I pray for you. Because I want you to encounter him. I want you to know him. I want you to have a relationship with him. I want you to know him so personally and so deeply. Because I believe that's the most important thing. And everything else in our life flows out of that truth. If we say that our relationship with God is a value, and how many of you would say that? How many of you say your relationship with God is a value? All right? If you say that your relationship with God is a value, something that is truly important to you, then we will recognize the importance of personal discipline in getting us there. It takes a disciplined life to really get to know Jesus. And two things are very helpful here. We must first schedule our life around what we value most. So if you say you value a relationship with Jesus, then you will schedule time for your relationship with Jesus. What did we learn? If you don't schedule time, time will schedule you. Right? And secondarily, we must not attempt to lead ourselves by ourselves. We need a group of people around us who don't just share our interests, but share our values. 
You need people in your life who make you want to know God better. Right? You need people in your life who will challenge you, who will get up in your grill and say, hey, how's your relationship with God? How are your, how's your devotional time? Are you drawing closer? What's God speaking to you in the Word of God? We need people who don't just share our interests, people we knit with or people that we, we play basketball with or people that we hunt with. We, 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 those are all great things, but we need people in our life who will help get us deeper into a relationship with God. Who do you have in your life, right? What is, what is the purpose of that person in your life? We need people in our life whose very purpose is to help us go deeper in God. And that's why you're in my world, because you help me love God more. You, you help me desire him more in my life. Then last week we shared on raising your expectation. God has more that he wants to do in you. God has more he wants to do through you. God has more that he wants to do in you. God has more he wants to do through you. So don't settle for a comfortable life. That's not God's plan. God doesn't want you just to have a comfortable life. Right? He's got more for you to accomplish. And sometimes what God has for you will move you beyond your, li- your level of comfort. I don't want a comfortable life. I want to fulfill the will of God for my life. Then there are others of you that have such a low personal view of yourself that you just don't think God could ever use you. You need to change that. You need to stop believing that lie of the adversary. And you need to embrace the fact that what you were before, you are no longer. It doesn't matter what's in your past. Today you are a child of the Most High God, and you need to start living your life like you are a child of the Most High God. God can do anything in and through your life if you will let him. It's time for us to put on the press. Come on. Last week we talked about bench pressing, right? Some of y'all need to put some more weights on the end. Come on. Load it up just a little bit more because here's the truth, right? If your expectation does not need God's help, your expectation is too low. You need a spotter, God, in your life helping you to lift that weight. If you can do it by yourself and you don't need God, your expectation's too low. The simple fact is so many people, because they're living a comfortable life, they just like it the way they're not pressing. Or people who don't have a high expectation or view of themselves, they're not pressing in life. And so you're just, anything that you could do for God, you could do without him. God's saying, I got more for you. There's more I want to do in you, and there's more I want to do through you, but you're going to have to press. You've got to raise the level of your expectation. Because if your expectation doesn't need the help of God, your expectation is too low. Amen? Amen? So today we're going to wrap it all up with a message I've been titling, You Were Made to Make a Difference. You Were Made to Make a Difference. Go ahead, turn to the person next to you and say, You Were Made to Make a Difference. Come on, say it again. Say, you were made to make a difference. Turn to the person on the other side, your second choice. And say, you were made to make a difference. Come on. We're going to begin. If you have your Bibles, open them to the book of Acts chapter number 10. We're going to look at verse number 38. Acts chapter 10, verse number 38. Look what it says. 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. So the question is, what did he use the anointing and the power to do? Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. What did he use the anointing and the power to do? Well, the Bible here says that he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power too. He went about doing good and healing those who were under the power of the devil. Jesus was a do-gooder. He was. He went about doing good and he used the anointing and the power that was on his life to do good and to bring healing to the hurting. He used that anointing. He used that power to bring healing to those who were hurting. And the Bible says, and God was with him. I love that. I love that, that that Jesus didn't just do good for God. He did good with God. He didn't just heal the hurting for God. He healed the hurting with God. They worked together. Now watch. Are you ready for this? Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Look what Jesus said. But you, you, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus said you would receive power. You would be anointed by the Holy Spirit. What's the anointing for? (laughs) To be witnesses. What does that mean? It means we are his representatives. We are Jesus' representatives. In other words, we represent Jesus to the world in which we live. Jesus isn't here in the flesh, but we are. Right? If Jesus were here, what would he be doing with the anointing that was on his life? He'd be doing good and healing those who were hurt and broken. So, what do you think we should be doing with the anointing that is on our lives? Well, I I submit to you today that the same anointing that was on Jesus is upon you. If the Holy Spirit's on your life, then the same Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that anointed you. And if the Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus anointed him to do good and to heal those who were broken... The Holy Spirit that's on you, that's anointing you, has empowered you to do good and to heal those who are hurting and broken. This is really good preaching today, even if I say so myself. It is, right? The same Holy Spirit, he's anointed you to do good. And, And just for a little whipped cream on top. How many of you like whipped cream on top? I, come on, I love, I love me a little whipped cream on top, right? Here's, here's some really good news. Jesus said, I will never leave you. Which simply means, just like Jesus, 
right? We don't do good for God. We do good with God. We don't heal the hurting and the broken for God. We heal the hurting and the broken with God. He is with us. He wants to do life with us. And yes, it begins in the morning when we're developing our relationship with him. He, he wants to have that intimacy, that intimate time with us. But when we walk out of our prayer room, he doesn't expect us to leave him there and us go do life by our own. He wants to come along on the journey. He wants to be a part of it. So we get to do life together with God. So how can we practically apply this message today? Every message ought to have a practical application to it. And I want to give you three things that you can do with this message, all right? How many of you want to know the three things you can do with this message? All right, good. I'm in the right place today. Here we go. Number one, awaken yourself to the truth that you were made to make a difference. Awaken yourself to the truth that you were made to make a difference. So many people live their life without an awareness that their life was made to make a difference. They get up in the morning, they eat their breakfast, they head off to work, they put in their time clock, they come home, they eat a meal. They sit down, watch a sitcom. It's time to go to bed because tomorrow morning we'll wake up and we'll do it all again. And never a moment's thought do they give to the fact that they were made to make a difference. We need to awaken ourselves to the truth that we were made to make a difference. Yes, you, you, you. You were made to make a difference, each and every one of us in this room today. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, the Bible says this, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand in advance for us to do, right? You are his creation. You're his, one translation says, masterpiece. God created you just the way he wanted to create you because he wanted you to do good works that he prepared beforehand that you should do. He did that in advance. So here's something we need to know. This is so important that we're not all created the same. How many of you have discovered that? We're not all created the same. Aren't you thankful for that? I mean, if there was more than one Gary Hart, one of us would be unnecessary. Right? And you, you certainly don't want to be me. Right? Because, see, we, we, we need each other. We, we need the uniqueness that each and every one of us brings. And so because of that, we, we need to understand that um, because we are created differently, there are different areas that we may be called to make a difference. See, you, you were created with your own motivations, with your own abilities. You were created with unique passions that are unique to you. 
And I was created the same way, with different motivations, different abilities, and different passions. What, what the key is, is to discover how has God created me? What motivations, what abilities has he given me? What passions has he placed within my heart? And how can I maximize those to make a difference in the world in which he's placed me? And none of us will do it the same because we're all unique. There are different areas. But here's the truth. See, the simple fact is there are so many needs that not any one of us can meet all of them. That's why we need everybody. Or as Billy says, everybody. Everybody. I think it's everybody. Uh, but we need everybody doing their part because there's so many needs to be met. And some of the greatest needs in our society, we cannot meet on our own. We can only meet them together. And that's why it's so important for us to be a part of a local church. Because there's some needs in our society that we can only meet together with everybody doing their part. Together, we can make a bigger impact than any one of us individually. Right? But you were made to make a difference. Number two, not only do you need to awaken yourself that you were made to make a difference, but number two, you need to stir your desire to make a difference. Come on, stir up that desire. Come on, stir your desire to make a difference in your life, in your world. You got to stir yourself up. Well, how do I do that? Well, let me give you three things. Number one, you need to begin to pray. Again, everything comes back to prayer. It begins in our relationship with God. It begins by pressing into him. And I believe that the closer that we get to Christ, the more passion we're going to have to make a difference in the world. I just believe that. But as a part of our prayer life, one of the things that we can begin to pray is, God, open my eyes to see the needs that are all around me and anoint my life to make a difference. God, open my eyes to see the needs that are all around me and anoint my life to make a difference. I really believe that's a prayer God loves to answer because God wants to flow through you to make his biggest difference in the world in which we live. Amen? Number two is you need to plan plan to make a difference. If you're going to stir it up, make a plan. Make a plan to make a difference. What does that mean? Well, again, begin by thinking through, how can I make a difference, God? And then begin to plan to make a difference. You've heard the old saying, he who fails to plan, plans to fail. And that represents a large amount of the body of Christ because we never make a plan on how we can make a difference. A couple of years ago, one of our elders preached a message out of the Old Testament where he was talking about in, in, in taking in your harvest. He said, don't go all the way to the borders, but leave the edges for the poor and those to come along behind you so that there's, there's stuff that you can 
And so out of that message, we learn to have some margin in our life, some margin in our budget. Don't spend all your money on you and then wonder when God says, I want you to meet this need, where am I going to get the resource? Well, if you've planned, right, and you've set aside some resource, when the opportunity presents itself that God gives you, when he shows you needs there, you have already planned to be used by God to make a difference in the world. So you just go to your reserve, you pull out what you need, and you meet the need because you plan to make a need, meet the need. See, and there are different, different gifts and different passions. Some of you have a great passion for cooking, right? But you've never prepared or planned how you were going to meet a need if, someone, if a need was arrived. And so some of you could, could do some cooking. And you could take what you cook and you could put it in the freezer. That's a beautiful benefit of freezers. Preserves food, right? And so you've got reserves in your freezer. Then when God shows you the need, I don't have to start thinking, well, what am I going to make? You just go to your freezer, you pull it out and say, here, I was preparing an opportunity and God opened the door and I just want to bless you because I was planning to make a difference. So you need to make a plan. The third thing, you you need to probe a little bit. See, because some of you just, you don't even know where to begin. So let me encourage you. Why don't you get around some people who are making a difference? Right? Gather some folks around you who are really making a difference. You, you see it in their life. You don't know how to do it, so get around them and start asking them some questions. How do you do this? How, how do you plan? How do you prepare? What are you, what are you investing in? Because their creativity, their, their, their interest, their passion might start rubbing off on you. Right? You can, you can even start pooling your resource. How can I help in this endeavor? I want to be a part of this because I, I love this too, and so I want to help meet this need. So you need to probe a little bit and stir your creativity. How, how many of you have taken time recently just to sit in quiet and say, God, give me some ideas of how I can make a difference? Or do you fill up all of your time with stuff? Some of the most creative moments of your life will come when you just sit in silence and say, okay, God, it's just you and me. Open the heart of my understanding, my creativity, and show me how I can make a difference in the world. Amen? All right. Number three. And here it is. Ready? Not only awaken yourself to the truth that you were made to make a difference, stir up your passion to make a difference. And number three, make a move. Make a move. Step out. Quit waiting. Move beyond your comfort zone. Do something. Step in the direction. Look around yourself and ask yourself the question, how can I make a difference today? Let that be a resounding question that you ask yourself every morning before you walk out the door. God, how can I make a difference today? I want to be aware. I want to be alert. Show me the areas of need where I can make a difference in someone's life. How can I make a difference today? Tommy Barnett, who pastored a great church in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, had a theme of his life, and it, it was very simple. He just said, see a need and meet it, find a hurt, and heal it. 
See a need and meet it. Find a hurt and heal it. God, where's the need? Where's the hurt? How can I help meet that need? And I felt really encouraged of the Lord today just to suggest to you not to despise the day of small beginnings. See, sometimes we don't do the little because we want to do the much. And so we hesitate in doing the small things because we're waiting for God to use us in the big thing. But here's what you need to know. Doing the small thing over and over again leads to a big thing. It may not look big right now, but if you'll just keep doing it over and over and over again pretty soon, the little thing that you thought was insignificant becomes a big thing in someone's life. So don't see what you're doing as being insignificant. Go ahead and do it anyway. Allow God to use you to make a difference. I know there's probably some of you here today that you may be thinking in the back of your mind, Pastor, I'd I'd really like to make a difference, but how in the world can I make a difference when I'm in such need myself? And that's really a great question. And I want to give you what I believe is a very God answer. That is the fact that sometimes our need is met when we help meet the needs of others. Sometimes our own need is met as we serve the needs of others. And so I would just say to you, start to give. Start to serve. Start to look for opportunities for you to make a difference. And however insignificant or small it may be, just make the difference and watch what God will begin to do in your life. It's the principle of seed time and harvest. We know about that principle here at Victory Church, don't we? Right? What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. And so we give. And then we stand in faith and believe that God will meet our need as well. So let me, let me just recap this real quick. You ready? All things begin with our relationship with God. That is priority number one. Spend time daily in prayer, in worship, and in the Word of God. Second, it takes discipline and self-leadership to grow your relationship with God. So determine your values. Determine what you value most. And if you say you value your relationship with God, then you will schedule your life around what you value most. I'll put it into my schedule. I'll make time for my relationship with God. And we don't try to lead ourselves by ourselves. We need to surround ourselves with people who don't just share our interests, but they share our values. People who will help us get closer to Jesus. Number three is raise the level of your expectation, right? There is more God wants to do in you. There is more that God wants to do through you. Come on, put some more weight on the bar. If you can lift it by yourself, you don't need God. Get it to the place where you need God's help and assistance. And number three, or number four, you were made to make a difference. Awaken to it, stir it, and make a move. Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more information about Victory Church, 
or to give online, visit victorychurchgf.com. Have a blessed week.